Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. And welcome in to a Feedback Friday live episode here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. It's Mackie. It's Judd. Our guy Dex taking a couple days off before a Christmas Eve vent line, which we will hit you with after Vikings Lions on Sunday. Uh, and Judd, before we get started here and turn the show over to the audience with a boatload of feedback questions, some really good questions in here. Let's tell the audience as well. If you're going to be, I'm going to be road tripping around between Christmas and New Year's. I'm sure we'll stop by some quick trips mm-hmm. in the upper Midwest. Looking forward to that quick trip is the official presenting sponsor here of Purple Daily this season. And the great thing about when you stop at a quick trip, Phil, is you have your choices. Like you could get that the uh, quality gas guarantee there, the Karuba coffee there, a snack perhaps, breakfast, lunch, or dinner as well. Quick Trip is your one-stop shopping, which makes them the perfect road trip place since you don't want to make a ton of stops. That includes, uh, but by the way, milk. That's right. Nature's Touch milk is two ninety nine dollars uh, per gallon. Skim, 1% and 2%. Made right in La Crosse. Quick Trip has their own dairy facility. Cow to store, they say, in 24. Cow to store in 24. That quick. That's exactly right. Uh, perfect for large gatherings for, of course, the holiday season. Uh, or whip up a adult beverage like a lot of us like to do. So Quick Trip is the place to stop for everything, including the milk. And you know what? When you're there, you're going to probably find a bunch of things that you want because Quick Trip has the answers. Yes. Uh, we've been known, my wife and I, to just get our groceries at Quick Trip from time to time. It's I know fantastic. you do, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got Vikings Lions. So, yeah, just a programming note. We're going to be live on Christmas Eve for Vikings Vent Line. We will also be live on New Year's Eve next weekend for Vent Line. That's a night game against the Packers. So we 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 might be, like, ringing in the new year still. We're going to come close while live on the purple daily YouTube channel. Yep. So, and then uh, we'll also hit you guys with, uh, with a Christmas episode of hottest Vikings take. So 365 days a year here, no days off on purple daily. Let's start with, and the best way to hit us up during the week, you can always email us through the score North app. There's a feedback tab and you can either send your write that down request to get on that on Wednesdays, or you can just send us takes or questions, whatever you want. That's the best way. We'll start with uh, David Bruss here, who says, do you believe Jaron Hall is being wasted? We are using career backup quarterbacks while Jaron Hall, who was drafted, sits on the bench. This team will not make it to the Super Bowl, so why not start Jaron Hall for the remaining three games and maybe playoffs and see what he can do? 
Um, I don't know he's being wasted because if there's a true fear that they're going to stunt his development by playing him, um, which might be the case, I don't know. They, they definitely don't want to rush him and see him as a project. Wasted might be too strong, but I said this after seeing Mullins sabotage the game, and I don't care what his stats were, okay? Like for years, it, it'd be completely hypocritical for us to come on here and say, well, but I mean, look at Mullins' box girl. Because we said the same thing about Kirk when Kirk was playing far superior to how Nick played on Sunday. But we've always said, we don't care about the box score. It's what do you do that's right? What do you do in clutch times? And Nick Mullins made two plays that sabotaged that game. And so would I play Hall? Yeah, I probably would. At this point in time, I probably would. Um, but I think Wasted might be strong because that's that's implying that, that he is definitely 1,000% set to play. And I don't know that we just have not seen enough, um, yeah. but, but I understand the question. And I, if I disagreed with it last week, I think I've done a, a pretty big 180 on that one by now. Yeah. I think, I think where I'm at here is I don't know that you can say definitively that Nick Mullins by a clear margin helps you win games more than Jaron Hall does. And and that's obviously what Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff think, and they see way more than we do behind the scenes. So I'm not going to pretend to be sitting there in the quarterback rooms and maybe Jaron Hall is still in way over his head. We don't know. So and, until he gets out there and plays and proves it one way or the other, but to me, it's, it's, it's just more tantalizing to open the door that you've never opened before outside of like two drives in Atlanta we kind of know what Nick Mullins is by now. You know, he started 18 games in his NFL career. His teams are like, what are they like? 10 games under 500 or something. I think they've maybe won six or seven games. So it's, it's not, my math might be faulty on that, but they're way under 500 when Nick Mullins starts either in San Francisco, Cleveland, or Minnesota. Correct. So it's Correct. just, we, we like to unwrap the gift that we don't, we don't know what's inside the box yet. We know that there's probably not a great chance that he turns into Brock Purdy or Tom Brady, one of these other, you know, sixth or seventh round picks. But it's not like Nick Mullins. Came, Nick Mullins tried to sabotage that game, and he did so very successfully. If they just kick field goals on those two dumb interceptions, they probably win that game without going to overtime. So I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see Jaron Hall starting this weekend. The only way he gets in on Sunday, though, is if Nick Mullins gets hurt or train wrecks in the first half, and now you're in a really bad, you're probably down by two touchdowns or something. So, but is he being wasted? I mean, he's under contract for three more years. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Yep. Uh, Corey Larson says, I can't stop thinking about that touchdown pass Jaron Hall missed to TJ Hawkinson against Atlanta. How much different would the Viking season be if Jaron hits Hawkinson for the touchdown and then doesn't get hurt on the very next play? A, a football butterfly effect question. I, that's a great. That's a great um, question of like what could have been. I have no clue, but there is a case to be made that if he hits him on on that and he plays well, he's still playing right now. Who knows? Like Josh Dobbs, definitely. If Nick, if uh, Jaron Hall does not get hurt against the Falcons. Josh Dobbs does not sniff the field that day for sure. They had no mm -hmm. intention of trying to play a guy they had just acquired, right? So, yeah, that's a fun question. That is a uh, that I guess that would have given a lot of people what they wanted, which is give Jaron Hall an extended chance, and either he thrives or he fails, and he gets replaced by Dobbs at that point, or eventually Mullins. But um, it would have been. Interesting. I think we saw 14 plays. Okay. And like we saw some good plays. We saw some, he, he the thing I liked about him is he didn't look like flustered. He didn't look mm -hmm. like he was in over his head and was 
soiling himself. I did like that. Would would he have been great? I have no clue. But it is a, to your point, it's a butterfly effect question that's pretty pretty compelling, pretty interesting. I feel like this. there's a great off-season series. We love, you know, in like June and July, we love to sort of map out, because there's nothing happening in the news. So we love to map out theme weeks. We did the top 25 Vikings of all time last week. We should do like a theme episode or a theme week of just Vikings or football butterfly effect possibilities. You know, what if, what if Teddy Bridgewater, we've actually, we did that one one time. What if Teddy Bridgewater didn't get hurt? What if the Vikings decided to bring back Case Keenum on a two-year cheap contract, relatively cheap compared to the Cousins contract? Where, where would their quarterback carousel have taken them there's probably a hundred of these you could choose going back you know 60 years in vikings football if they win a super bowl in the 70s what what is the what is the town like what is this what you know what is what are the demeanors of fans like like i've said my biggest one i think arguably the biggest one in my time following the vikings is the um was it 2000 and 12 or 11 debacle when they won three games 11 andrew 11, luck was the number andrew one andrew luck and all you had to do was not beat carolina and washington and you win one game mm-hmm. and and if you recall i believe the washington game you won because ponder got hurt and joe webb came in and did just enough to throw washington off that's right but Wasn't like, that the what game happens? that Peterson did? Peterson tear yeah. his ACL in that game, and and poor Leslie Frazier post game. This is gonna be a merry Christmas. We won this game. It's like less no, and and um the thing about Luck is what happens if Luck comes here and you give him a competent offensive line? Because I I think he might still be playing. There's a whole like Andrew Luck. That's a butterfly one. effect. If yeah, if Andrew Luck is with the Vikings or, or an organization that just takes care of him. Yeah, I had better infrastructure and weapons, and I don't know, man, because he lost the, he lost his joy, right? I still say, man, he's not that old. What is he, 34? I'd be calling went, that dude. But he hey, you want to like put 20 pounds back on? He weighs like 140 <laughs> now. The last time I saw him, he's so small. He's so thin. Andrew, come on, man. Like, if you're the Niners and Brock Purdy gets hurt or something again, you know, that elbow gives out again. Andrew, just put on 20 pounds. You can just sit back here behind Trent Williams. You got uh, you got weapons all over the place. Yeah. Mm. Uh, George chimes in, says, "Dear Phil, my dearest Phil, oh boy. Captain Andrew Luck." He says, "Dear Phil, I love your shows. Last year, I wrote to you as Angry George. You read my letter on air, and I guess it was a big hit. I do remember Angry George was a he was beware the Ides of KOC, Angry George." Mm-hmm. It was it was earlier in the season, and I was talking about how hiring KOC was a huge mistake compared to having Jim Harbaugh as head coach. I think you I think you and the crew are making a huge mistake now when you talk about uh, firing KOC. You are defending him and his record, saying it's ludicrous for discussions regarding him being fired. But what you are missing is the incredible opportunity cost that this team is now realizing. We're stuck with KOC now. It's true he does not deserve to be fired but we are paying the price for him learning on the job. And he goes on to say, this is, this is actually a really well thought out long uh, letter here or email, but he essentially says, like I said in my letter last year, the biggest mistake in the history of the Minnesota Vikings was having Jim Harbaugh in the executive offices and not handing him a contract. I also said last year that Harbaugh would put this team on a three-year plan. And as such, next year, this team would have competed for a Super Bowl. This team now could not be further from a Super Bowl. 
KOC is not a Super Bowl coach. Just to keep this short, I will say that the mistake that was made last year will never be recovered from. With this coach, the Vikings will never compete for a Super Bowl. And I can't tell you how much it saddens me that Jim Harbaugh is not the Vikings coach. Interesting. So I do believe that Harbaugh has the potential to have a very short, and and to be clear, I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh, the National Football League coach, okay? Not to be confused with the college guy who basically controls the entire program. So there's a difference there because, um, yes, in college you have to work with an AD, but in the pros you have to work with a GM, ownership. There's a lot more layers to go through. Do I think Jim Harbaugh could have given this team the boost he's talking about? Yeah, I think he could have. Do I think that he was going to be the long-term solution? No, because I think what happened with San Francisco is very indicative of who Jim is. But, you know, it's an interesting, to to what you said, Phil, it's an interesting point, and it's well thought out, because if the goal is a Super Bowl, um, Jim Harbaugh might have gotten you there. He might have gotten you there. I just think think what happened in San Francisco – if and when Jim Harbaugh gets back to the pros will repeat itself because I think the act wears thin with everybody pretty but, quickly, but he's damn good. That's where, that's where I would even like when you say the act will repeat itself, I would say that's great. So he came right. into San Francisco and overnight made that team hyper competitive. I mean, Alex Boone was a key member of that team and he's told yep. us, I mean, we had that, in fact, one of the biggest episodes in Purple Daily history was when Jim Harbaugh was maybe going to become Vikings head coach, and Boone came on for an hour and just told us all about him and got a lot of fans excited about Jim Harbaugh being the Vikings coach, and then they chose Kevin O'Connell. But, you know, he went into San Francisco. It was like four years, a flash of lightning, and then they went yeah. to a Super Bowl. They almost won a Super Bowl. They were one of the best teams in the NFL with Alex Smith and then second-round Colin Kaepernick. And it was an us against everybody mentality. And after four years, you know, he burned bridges with the front office and the ownership group. And even some of the players were kind of sick of him. But if I could, and again, I don't think Kevin O'Connell deserves to be fired. I think we've seen a lot of great signs from Kevin O'Connell. I think Kevin O'Connell is a really good NFL head coach that's getting better. He's learning. He's young. Not even 40 years old, right? He's a young guy. Mm-hmm. But if I asked you right now today, the latest mm-hmm. reports are Jim Har- so Jim Harbaugh is going to get another slap on the back of the wrist by the NCAA for some violations from three years ago and this uh, this Bobo that was on the sidelines and whatever. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to hit him with some more penalties in college. The Chargers are apparently all in trying to get Harbaugh to be their head coach. If I said to you right now, for the next three years, you can have Kevin O'Connell or Jim Harbaugh as the Vikings head coach, I would choose Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, there's a very good case to be made that in a short period of time, yes, he could achieve what you want. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And just to be clear, the cheating stuff in college, I don't care about. I'm not sure about you. I don't care about it. College football is a cesspool. It's a joke. It's a wild, wild west. Yeah, I mean, and he's trying to steal signs. Good. You should try to steal signs. Um, And and if he, he was involved, I also don't care. But yeah, that... That's my point is it's like, I think the Vikings were, I think the Vikings were very hesitant because of his past to hire him. But do I think that he would have provided a burst that could have resulted, could have resulted, could being the key word in a championship? Mm-hmm. Yes. So and, and, I don't disagree like, with you. And the thing is, you know, this, it's hard because KOC is now he's on backup quarterbacks. And, and last year they, 
they they clearly hired the wrong defensive coordinator. So, you know, we're two years into this thing. They've won 20 of their 31 games under Kevin O'Connell. So they've been winning games, but it's been almost two years. And if I were to say, hey, what is your elevator pitch 10-second definition for a Kevin O'Connell team? How would you describe a Kevin O'Connell team? I don't know that there is like a, I don't know that he that he has an identity or his that his team has an identity other than you know they they've won more games than they've lost. But if I said what is a Jim Harbaugh team in the NFL or in or in college, you'd say all in playing for each other, hard nosed, winning in the trenches, run the ball down your throat with a creative passing attack. Yep. Right. With it. Yes. With an air of um of of discomfort probably because of how he is the O'Connell team. I think it'd be fair to, to say he has, I, I think as far as the team goes, he has a very good culture structure, but I think as far as the on the field description, that's tougher. And, and here's where I'm really torn. If we could blame all, the Viking season on injuries completely, I think it'd be easier to, to be like, okay, you know, let's say Kirk got hurt in week three or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about this this morning. What bothers me about this is, a lot of their blown opportunities came with key players healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Kirk got hurt and they fell apart. They actually went on a win streak, but mm-hmm. you know, like when you look at Justin Jefferson playing, when you look at Kirk cousins playing and I'm not, I'm not necessarily blaming them. I'm just saying that you could, you could be on your way to a division title with a backup QB right now. If your starters who are now hurt had set you up better. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh. It's interesting. Did you, by the way, just to get you on the record here, I went on the record. Did you, did you answer? I can't remember if you did. Next three Your years, question? K- KOC or Harbaugh? Yeah. Harbaugh. Isn't that crazy? Well, Man. no, because it's the short-term burst. But here's the thing is, mm-hmm. if you're telling me, like, okay, here's a path to a potential championship for the Minnesota Bleeping Vikings, mm-hmm. h- how do you turn that down? Yeah. Do you think he would, if they made that move, which again, like, they're not going to, but. And they had a, they had a chance to two years ago. Yeah, they, they are. They were. Afraid would of it. he look to bring Kirk back as a as a bridge recovering quarterback, or would he? I don't know. Or would, would Kirk want to play Purdy? for Jim Harbaugh? Or I would don't they? Know, that know what either. he would do? He'd probably draft JJ. He'd look to draft JJ McCarthy. Yeah. His like I don't know. Like, the the one thing I will say is I do believe that the if if one of the main desired results for O'Connell was to find someone who worked well with Kirk. I think they did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there is, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that says that relationship has not worked. Do you? No, it has worked from a wins and losses perspective and from Kirk's personal numbers and growth. What he's doing. It's right. been great. It's the, it's the best we've seen. Uh, Sharif Stafford says, guys, thank you for calming down fans on the firing of KOC topic. Flores replacing KOC is not a good move. In today's NFL, if you have a choice between an offensive head coach and a defensive head coach, I feel like you'd have to pick offense nine out of 10 times. Scoring consistently is more important to win in today's game, in my opinion. What direction would you guys lean? Take Harbaugh off the board if you were looking for a new coach? Or I guess just in general, like, how do you feel about offensive versus defensive coaches? Oh, in in this, in this, era of football i'm going offense and i'm going with a guy that can work with my qb if, if it's kirk that's fine but if it's a traffic you know i am go i'm going to have the leader of my program if you will to go football the football program i like to say program that. let's go um 
Yeah, I'm having the program. leader of, of my program be an offensive guy now, which is why I'm not going to blow out O'Connell for, or it's the first reason why I'm not blowing out O'Connell for Flores. There's also questions I think about Brian as a, a head coach that are quite different than, you know, there's a lot of guys who were born to be coordinators. Not mm-hmm. everybody was born to be a, a head coach. And I think teams get confused by that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just don't see, I don't see any way that I would ever go back to having a defensive first guy when the quarterback position is just so instrumental. And I want a person that understands that. Yep. I agree with nine times out of 10, I'm leaning offense, but if there's a great leader out there, I mean, Mike, Mike Tomlin might be at the end of his road with Pittsburgh. And if he was available, it wouldn't matter to me that he's a defensive guy. I, I know that that dude oversees winning football teams. That dude's been a Super Bowl coach. So there are examples. And maybe Brian Flores becomes that at some point, too. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, Tom Schrankler says, can you guys draw some comparisons and differences between KOC and Brandon Staley? It seems at times both the Chargers and the Vikings lack attention to detail, fumbles, dropped passes, etc. Considering they coach together under Sean McVay, they must have similar styles. Uh, they're really good friends. What would the 2024 Vikings look like if KOC hires Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator if Flores gets a head coaching job? Um, I, w- I will say this. The, to me, the biggest difference between Brandon Staley as a head coach with the Chargers and KOC's first two years, the Chargers would we'll go back to identity for a second. The Chargers' identity seems to be finding any way to lose a close game. Just doing something dumb, you know, being reckless on fourth down when you don't need to. The Jacksonville game, the playoff game. Oh, I mean, that's a brutal up 27 rip. Yep. Uh, now, of course, the Chargers found a way to win a close game against the Vikings this year. So, but but the Vikings mostly in in two years have been really good in one score game. They're like 500 in one score games this year. They were 11 and 0 in one score games last year. By and large, KOC teams have found a way more often than not to pull it off in a situation. And the Chargers, it feels like, have found ways to to fumble it away or do something dumb. First of all, I think Staley's going to get a job as a DC. Um, and and I, I know at the end of the day, he was calling plays defensively for the Chargers. But I think that that was more of a uh, that was that was more of an indictment of him as a head coach, probably than a defensive mind. So I do think he's going to work and I won't guarantee it won't be here. If Flores leaves, I, I am sure Staley's going to be on a list. I'm, but, but like I'm Joe Barry in green Bay, almost certainly going to be blown out. Right. So like mm-hmm. he might be a candidate for, for Matt LaFleur there. But I think the main difference that I see from a head coaching standpoint between the two is this Brandon Staley. When you blow the leads or the tight games that his team did, that means you're uptight. That means you, that means you are tensing up at a, at a moment when your team needs you to basically assure them it's going to be, okay um and for that and also you know i'm hard pressed no matter how bad things get here or or at some point might get with um with koc 
I'm hard-pressed to think KOC's ever going to get up at a podium and snap. He's very <laughs> measured. You know, Brandon Staley yeah. got pissy. He's a, little, I don't see, he's a little wound tight. Yeah, yeah I don't see Kevin yeah, getting to pissy. Calm down. I think Kevin's upset. At, I mean, I know he's upset at times. And I know behind the scenes, he is wound. So, like, it's not like he's not wound tight. But I think he's very good at knowing, you know, situationally. Okay, this is not a time for me to vent. So, I think Kevin is far more, and this and this gets into to the coordinator head coach discussion, right? I don't want a head coach who is just so in his own head that he's not thinking things through clearly. The head coach is a CEO. A CEO can't be um, can't be the person who manages the store. That person can get wound. It's going to work out fine, right? But if I'm in charge of the company. I better be cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Staley to me didn't seem like that. Kevin so far, even when he screws up, he explains it and he is able to do it in a way where I'm I'm where I say to myself, that's a pretty impressive way to respond to something. Yeah. And I I'm not gonna wait. We've talked to KOC enough, just either on the show or just practices, press conferences or whatever. Like you have a pretty good feel for his personality, how he deals with people and whatever. I won't pretend to have that same knowledge of Staley other than what we see on TV and press conferences, but it does feel like Kevin O'Connell has a, has a great way of even in moments where he's being questioned or things aren't going right to kind of put some space between it and be pretty chill about it still and, and hold the room. And Staley kind of feels like an introverted mad scientist who's yeah like lashing out or something. I don't know. Maybe Maybe if he becomes the defensive coordinator, maybe we find out he's got a whole different side to his personality. But he's a, he feels like a teeth clencher as a well, head right. coach. Well, and and if he's um, coordinating your defense, the pressure is still there, but it's not nearly what it is trying to coach a team. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Albers chimes in and says, hey, Kenny Albert's going to be on the call for Vikings and Lions as we get That's Kenny right. Albert. Yeah, Kenny and Albert. J- and Jonathan Vilma. Vilma, yeah. Which it's the Vikings seen. and the Lions with the division on the line. Jonathan Vilma, who did zero prep for this game. Coming up yeah. next on Fox. I like Kenny, but Vilma, my God. The game <laughs> I watched with him is just, it was hard to watch it. Yeah, I don't know. It's I think for, for Vikings fans, like Joe Buck for a long time was like enemy number one for broadcasters. And then he came on Purple Daily a few weeks ago and he endeared Didn't himself to Vikings fans. Oh, he's loved. Jonathan Vilma still being at the heart of that bounty gate defense in 2009. Oh. Yeah, I point. think, I think fans rightfully so remember that and it's hard to watch him call a Vikings game. I just didn't think he prepped at all. Oh, I don't man. care if you're a, I mean, I don't care what you did do. Just know the teams Yeah, bring, bring something to the game. You know, who's who I'm kind of coming around on and he kind of drove me nuts at first a couple of years ago, but Mark Sanchez has gotten a lot better as a color commentator. Because you like the hair. It's because you like the hair last It's game. not. No, it's he's got Great the flow. Hair. I'm jealous. Great hair. Great but hair. He's funny. He yeah. he preps. He gets excited. He clearly enjoys doing it. It's broadcasting has probably always been more of a calling for him than clearly like being a franchise quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. And and he seems to kind of know that. Um let's uh we got how we have there's so many more great questions here. Before we get to some more of these Let's shout out a couple friends here helping us power these episodes of, of Purple Daily, starting with uh, the hat that you're wearing there, Judd. Park Tavern, the official sports bar of the sports dad, Judd Zilgad. 
And there's something for everyone at Park Tavern. There's bowling. There's two bars. It's a huge place. Great, uh, great beers on tap. Great food. All the games. And also, how about this, Phil Mackey? How about the Park Tavern 21 plus New Year's Eve bash? That's right. New Year's Eve bash. If you're looking for plans, uh, uh, $25 per person. And there are the bowling lanes right there. Cosmic Bowling, 930 until close. $100 prize for the first strike of 2024. Park Tavern, a great place to party, a great place to have an event, and a great place to spend your New Year's Eve watching probably some Packers, Vikings, also some bowling. Call for reservations, 952-929-6810. 952-929-6810. Park Tavern, located uh, Louisiana Avenue South, St. Louis Park, Park tavern.net and yes i did have to blow up the number because i was like i can't read the 6810 part that's a me problem phil no, that's okay uh, i'm just looking over my shoulder here where maya the monster maya Mackey is enjoying her mid-morning nap here before she gets a little uh, helping of nutrisource chicken and rice nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of purple daily and score north judd I'm getting the old, um, I'm, I'm back to the 645 wake up call. I don't know. Uh, Stella for a while said, you know what, pop, pop, you can sleep in. But lately I get that look and I get a little bark at about 645 because she says it's Nutrisource time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, it's very hard to stay in bed and ignore a dog who's got good taste. And when it comes to Nutrisource pet foods, that's good taste, and Stella loves her breakfast. Yeah, you can find, so Chuck and Don's is a, is a great spot, but you can find Nutrisource retailers near you at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Uh, and a shout-out to our friends, too, over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So Federated, they've been around like a great offensive line protecting you as a, as a quarterback slash business owner. They've been around since 1904, providing frontline protection, elevating businesses. If you go to federatedinsurance.com, you can find a full list of industries that Federated specializes in working with, and uh, and you can see the benefits that your business can gain by working with Federated, who was also named, by the way, a top 10 employer in the state of Minnesota recently nice. by Forbes. It's a great place to work as well. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Thank you guys for supporting our partners here. It keeps us 365 days a year talking Vikings and uh, and building this awesome community here. So let's go to Lauren Pagulis, who chimes in and says, guys, love the show. Thank you for the great content. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, I, too, have been incredibly underwhelmed by the defense's end-of-game performances in recent weeks. One thing I wanted to point out, though, I think we're all underestimating just how important Jordan Hicks is to this defense. Yes, Ivan Pace Jr. has excelled, but he's still a rookie. Jordan Hicks is out there making checks after the offense, uh, and he's a savvy, smart veteran. These issues in the second half and fourth quarter really started during the New Orleans game, which is when Jordan Hicks got hurt. It's been an issue the entire time he's been on the injured list. I love this point. It's a great point. And I was actually thinking about this a couple of days ago. And I, I think at some point in time, perhaps after the season's done, we should do like uh, each do like a top three list of things that we were the most incorrect on, like perceptions and things like that. Mm -hmm. And my top one is Jordan Hicks. Um, they cut his salary and I, I quite frankly said, I'm surprised they didn't cut him to me in his first year with the Vikings in 2022. He looked sort of old. I mean, he did some things fine, but he was 
I considered him to be a guy, right? And um, I think that that what you just read is spot on. I think Jordan Hicks, and it's this is no this is nothing against Pace. Pace has been a great find, phenomenal. He's got a bright future, and you know, shame on the rest of the league, including the Vikings, I guess, for not drafting him. Mm-hmm. But I think that nailed it. I think that there are certain things when when you look at the guys on this defense who are allowed to call checks. Um, I think it's a very diff- different thing for the green dot guy who's getting information from Flores to be a rookie or a veteran. So I think that nailed it. I think the loss of Jordan Hicks might not have saved 21 points from being scored against the Bengals in the fourth quarter, but I think his return is going to be huge. And my only question is coming off what sounds like a very significant leg injury. How much mm-hmm. does he potentially play on Sunday if he yeah. plays? Yep. And then the other thing too is like Brian, Brian Asamoah has just been a total non-factor on the defense when everyone kind of thought almost everyone, everyone except for this guy right here thought that he was going to come in and 150 tackles, whatever. Like Ivan Pace has been what we thought Brian Asamoah was going to be. Yeah. The top, the the top of that draft dude is still, I, I mean, seen, Seen can't get on the field. I think he might be gone before training camp. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they try and spin him off for like a sixth round pick or something, just a late round pick if they can get that, which I'm not sure that they can. Uh, Ingram's been and, better. Ingram's yep, been better. But Booth has gone back to not playing now. Booth was playing for a while and now he's not again. And then to your point, Awesome was a complete non-factor other than special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Gordon says. Jimmy Gordon sounds like a it's like, was like Jimmy a NASCAR Gordon the, the paper boy in Superman. Jimmy Gordon. Let me uh, Google. It, it was Jimmy something. The the Christopher Reeve. No, Superman? no, that's um Clark Kent. No, there there was like a a paper bo- there oh. a copy boy. Uh, he is a, he is a DC cop. J- uh, James Worthington Jim Gordon is a fictional character. He, uh, Batman. Apparently, okay. he was. Jimmy Olsen. Thank you, Jeff. That's the that's Superman. Okay. I got it confused with Batman. That's what it was. Okay. Just glad we could we could Look clarify that. that. My knowledge of like the comics is very underrated. It is underrated. Some of your discussions the last few days have got me taking a step back and thinking about long-term solutions for us. You guys talked about it on the Monday after Mackey's hot take and asking yourselves if you'd rather see us win out or lose out in these last three games. I'm definitely on Team Mackey in losing out as it's so frustrating being stuck in mediocrity limbo. I feel like this year was the perfect season to embrace the rebuild side of things. I'd love for you guys to talk through the long-term effects of potential outcomes due to once again finishing near 500 <laughs> and picking in the usual 16th to 21st range. So they, well, th- there's still a really wide range of possibilities here and that if they do lose out, and it it all depends on how some of these you know, there's like 13 teams clustered well, in within a game and a half. And the Rams jumped them last night. So the Vikings yep. are now in the seventh and final playoff spot. Yep. Now, if the Vikings win, then they would, I think, re-jump the Rams and get back to sixth. But if the Vikings win out, they could win the division if Detroit loses to Dallas. And now you're hosting a playoff game. Now you're drafting in the 20s, right? Yeah. If you lose out, there's still a chance, I think mathematically, that you can get the 10th overall pick. So, or like 10th or 11th. So there's literally like these next three weeks, 11 or 12 slots in the draft order sort of up for grabs depending on what happens. And all I said last week was, 
Would it be the worst thing in the world? And I don't want the team to be quitting on the coach because that opens up a whole new Pandora's box of problems right. of do they have do they have a culture that's sustainable? Right. But if they can keep fighting and scrapping and they got a backup quarterback and they're they're grinding, but they're just losing to a better Lions team a couple times and they wind up and then maybe they lose to the Packers in whatever fashion. Like, would it be the worst thing if these losses led them to the 11th pick instead of the 22nd pick? It wouldn't wouldn't be a terrible thing because if they win the division, are they really making a run or would, as right. I've seen a couple other people point out in the emails, what if they win the division? In fact, where is this? I thought you got to I got to get to this one. Um. Somebody sent us a note laying out. Here it is. Chris Gotti. As a Vikings fan for 30 years, it's painfully obvious how the rest of this season will unfold. Write this down. The season will end in one of two scenarios. Either the Vikings will lose to the Lions, beat the Packers, and then lose a heartbreaker to Detroit's backups in a win-and-in scenario and, and be out but have eight wins and, and be drafting like 17th or something. Or the Vikings win out, sweep the Lions, steal the division, only to get run over by the same Lions wild card weekend. <laughs> We've all seen this script before, so sit back, crack open a surly, and enjoy the most painful way to blow the season because it's coming. <laughs> okay, that's a. I get that completely, and that's a great note. But one of the things that intrigues me, and and I guess I don't want them to loot lose out now just because from a selfish personal standpoint the intrigue of this whole thing because yeah you're right if they do and they get a top you know 10 or 11 pick that's actually fantastic but let me paint you a picture real quick here okay so let's say they let's say they win on sunday they beat the packers and let's say seating is still important so they lose at detroit you'd probably play detroit again right yes in detroit Okay, now I know the Vikings can be a calamity at times. But if you get a division-winning Detroit team suddenly with pressure on it at home, so, like, there's no pressure on you at that point. If you're the Vikings, it's it, right? It, it, we, just, we saw it happen 20 years ago. I'm just, right. They went, they went to Lambeau, the Packers. Yes. They're trying to get back to that, that Super Bowl level a few years later. Vikings yep. are like, we already lost this team a couple times. Who gives a rip? Yep. And. And let's just say I was do doing some uh, uh, research this morning. Brian Flores' defense against Jared Goff have had some success. Mm -hmm. So I'm just throwing it out there. Like, because if you were going to play, if you were going to play the second seed, which, which is the first seed, because the first seed gets a buy, that's probably going to be difficult. But if you can give me the Lions in the first round of the playoffs, I think it could be great fun. So they would be right, right now. Let me check this out here. I think. Well, the, well, today, I guess, because the Rams played last night, the Vikings are the seven seed. So as of as of the recording of of this episode, they would go to Dallas, right? Because yeah, Dallas right now yeah. is the is the two seed and the Rams would go. That would be interesting, right? A Sean McVay red hot Rams team with Matthew Stafford. That would be a great no story, pressure though. going in and Detroit. In Detroit. Can you imagine <laughs> that? That would be a great storyline. Uh, Anna Reed says, my son is a huge Purple Daily and Vikings fan. We live in Florida, and he really wanted some Before I Die lager. So my friend and I took a road trip to St. Louis just to buy him some Before I Die. I Total mileage, 1,700 miles. He absolutely loved his surprise gift. Wow. What a mom. What a mom. And I hope I hope you bought, like, because um, I, I think it's sold at the most in, what, six packs? 
I hope you brought up like the store out because that's a long way to drive for like six beers. But uh, what a mom. That's amazing. Anna, wow, a 1700 mile trip. Loyalty to the Vikings, loyalty to Mother Purple of the Daily. Year. That's Mother Appreciate of the Year. You guys. Uh, Jay Runquist says, okay, here's a scenario. You re sign Kirk to, to a two year contract. You sign JJ to an extension, and you bring Daniil Hunter back on a new contract. So those three, those three things are done before the draft, right? And you, you make it work financially. Okay. And then he says, you've now traded up to the third pick in the draft. Who or what position are you taking? Or what if, a, I, what if I reframe this? Because I don't know that you would do all those things. I'm having a really good, a, a really good free agency slash offseason. What if I just left the question at you bring Kirk back for two years? You've JJ extended, Hunter brought back. Yeah. You're picking 20th. That's where your slot is, let's say. Yeah. What are you looking to do strategically? Well, personally, if it depends on how the quarterback class falls, because I still want one if I can get one personally. If you resign, so let's that that's my personal opinion. But from a Vikings side if you resign kirk to a two-year contract you think you're still drafting one like like let's if say the, it's ironclad the, no out in the second year so he's back oh if it's fully two years then you're not i don't think you're drafting a quarterback in the first round yep. if there's like but a no trade draft. clause and all that bs if he if yep. he controls all of that and he has quite a bit of leverage because we don't have to get into the weeds here but there's a deadline like the, when the league year hits like the second week in march the Vikings are on the hook accounting wise for a $28 million cap hit without Kirk even being on the team. If he doesn't agree to a new contract, the Vikings have to pay $28 million in Kirk accounting without Kirk being here. But if they yep. agree to a new deal, yep. that money gets absorbed into it, right? That money goes away basically. It goes away for now. I think it, I think it might come back to bite you in the ass. Well, you can later, you can but you can spread it over the void the can, years. Yep. It's the can being kicked down the yep. proverbial NFL road. Yep, it gets. I'm sorry. It, gets, it it can be spread and prorated over multiple void years. Continue but there's, with it. But there's an inherent. If the Vikings want Kirk back, like they're gonna have to do it by a certain date. But Kirk can yes. kind of hold that date over their heads and be like, "Oh, I'll, you know, I'll agree before this date, if you give me what I want." which is right. full and no trade and all this no stuff. trade. Exactly right. Um, if it's not a quarterback, I am targeting defensive end. Give me a second I, edge. Yeah, give me an I, edge. I am targeting, j just as far as positionally, I'm targeting defensive end. If there's a really good defensive tackle, I would look at that. Uh, I'm not looking at linebackers. Cornerbacks, we could discuss. We could discuss that one. Um, but offensive line wise, so just, just to be clear, offensive line wise, I am not considering a first round pick. And here's why you've got your tackles and I'm not taking a guard in the first round. Mm -hmm. Like, like, can I upgrade my guards? Absolutely. Do I want to? Absolutely. I, I ain't taking a guard or center in the first round. Yep. I would, I would love if it's not quarterback, give me a, give me a stud defensive lineman, either give me a defensive tackle or give me another edge rusher, someone yep. that can. They can make something happen. Uh, Andres Barola says, stop the BS. Stop it. Kirk Cousins had six seasons and did nothing but win one playoff game in that time. What more do you need to see? He will never win us a Super Bowl. Isn't that totally obvious by now? He has no pocket awareness. Uh, let's face it. Kirk throws a beautiful ball, but it's hard to do it if he's on his back. Skull, time to move on from Kirk. Let's draft our future quarterback. 
and get a less expensive interim bridge guy that can help us develop the rookie. Kirk's time has come and gone. I think what I would say back to this is the Vikings do likely need a bridge quarterback. It would be it would be tough to just go in with we're going to draft a guy in the first round and throw him into the fire. Like it'd be it'd be nice to have a bridge option for either half the year or a full year. And here's the biggest key, right? And this is where I have changed my thought on bringing Kirk back because after the torn Achilles, it is likely in theory that he comes at a discount compared to if he were to have played this whole season out 4,500 yards, MVP votes or whatever he was on track for, right? So if I'm getting Kirk on my terms as a front office on a, on the 15th highest paid or 17th highest paid contract, as opposed to him being once again, one of the five highest paid quarterbacks, like that is doable. And if I can get out after the first year, so Kirk as a bridge guy on a discount is what we're talking about. A bridge to the next guy. It's not Kirk as the guy to win a Super Bowl for the Vikings. Let's go all in again here. Ironclad two or three year deal. It's got to be on your terms as the Vikings front office. Which is sort of the scary thing because we don't know that that's going to be the case. And they might Mm -hmm. actually do it on Kirk's terms. And to your point, Kirk has a hammer. And when he's got a hammer, he's dangerous. So so that's the thing. Yeah, it is. This show is difficult at times because what we want and what we think are going to happen are two different things. And I think it's our responsibility is too strong. I think we owe it to the the audience to talk about what we think the team will do as well. And so do I buy the fact that O'Connell ha- is being sincere when he says he wants Kirk back? Yes, I think he's being sincere. I think he really does. I mm-hmm. think he likes how they work together. I think he's done a good job. Um, but when somebody says, you know what? Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is never going to win a Super Bowl. I've said the same thing, and I agree completely. Like, so ideal world, ideal world, you find a good, you draft a first rounder, you, you can start him as quickly as possible, I guess. Yeah. Or to your point, you bridge it and, and wait a, a year. Um, that's the ideal world, in my opinion. I don't think what my opinion is, is shared by the people in Egan. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I have a really hard time to envisioning Kirk as the leader of a Super Bowl team, but the game changes a little bit if he's no longer like the leader in terms of taking up 20% of your cap. If all of a sudden now I'm still looking for my quarterback of the future, but I am much less out on Kirk. If he's, if his contract is right, I need value somewhere. Like that's the thing. This is a salary cap league. You're paying top dollar for a wide receiver coming up, top dollar for a left tackle coming up, top dollar for a tight end, a right tackle, top dollar for an edge rusher, right? Like you can't pay top dollar for all your positions. You're going to run out of money to build a roster. So that's right. You need value. You know, the 49ers are paying $850,000 for Brock Purdy value. He's worth probably 40 or $50 million on an open market right now. Which is why the Jaron Hall discussion is intriguing because mm-hmm. if you think there's any chance that he can play, like like the these are the things that organizations with big cojones decide, but it is dangerous. I mean, Brock Purdy could have been a complete bust. Now, in San Francisco's case, they they would have just thrown him in the trash and said, "Okay, didn't work out." Yeah, but um, but but you make I, I mean, the um, uh, um, the 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 pick that the 49ers made of Trey Lance and what they did to get him should be a catastrophic mistake, but it's not. Cause they're a great organization and they, 
you know, it, it you was know. it was a mistake, but it didn't shipwreck them because they've got such a great house. It's like right. one of the one of the rooms burned down, but the house stayed intact. And you then know? you got Brock Purdy. But but I mean, what if if there were well, let's just say that 25 of the 32 teams or more make that pick. It's a catastrophic mistake. It yep. submarines them. Yep. Um, let's see here. Oh, Matt Hansen. I love this. This is a great one. Heard this take on one of my fantasy football podcasts I listened to. Was curious if you guys agree. Tommy DeVito is more popular than Mike Trout. The fact that we have to think about that he's for five about, seconds is well, says something about say, baseball, I, right? I, I think I think he's more. I think he's more of a household name, probably. I think he is too. <laughs> baseball, right? dude. Uh, but I mean, baseball, West Coast. Mike. I mean. If Mike Trout was the center fielder for the Yankees, then no. Then yeah. he is the household name. Like, like, do I think Aaron Judge is more of a household name than Tommy DeVito? Yes, I absolutely do. But when we're talking about a guy who's pretty low profile and plays for the Angels, yeah. I mean, well, well, here's the real question. How many quarterbacks could you just run through? And the answer to that question is yes. Yeah, it's a lot because of it fantasy is. football and all the other things. Yeah. Speaking of uh, fantasy here, I'm on prize picks right now. I'm on the, just on the prize picks app. Look at all those Nick Mullins. There's a bunch of Nick Mullins options here. Oh, good. I'm taking the un- under on all of them. Two, so 262 and a half, you're taking, you're going lower. I shouldn't have said, you know what? You're going I less. Said, I shouldn't have said that. It's Christmas time. What a jerk I was. Well, and it is Christmas time on, on prize picks. The 12 days of Pixmas this December. Oh, I like it. So there's a new promotion every single day for new and existing prize pickers. And the daily promotions will range from payout boosts to discounted projections. So check it out right now. There's a bunch of Nick Mullins options. There's a, you can get into a, a 262 and a half. They'll even give you a 224 and a half. Pick more or less. So with prize picks, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season by selecting two or more players, picking more or less on their projected stats and placing your entry. Uh, Price Picks also offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Prizepicks.com slash Purple Daily and use the code Purple Daily for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Purple Daily with the code Purple Daily for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, hello to our friends at Zero Res here. So, uh, think about how refreshing it would be come January to schedule a deep cleaning of your house after the holidays, everything hit the new year, refreshed, breathe in the non dusty air in your home. Zero res is offering the score North special, which is three rooms, zero resified starting at just $129. That's three rooms, zero resified $129. When you ask for the score North special, you got to ask for it. Nine, five, two, zero res. That's nine, five, two, zero res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. Uh, got one more here for sure. Chris Linvold. Huge fan of the show. First-time feedback writer. After listening to Monday's show about all the heat around people wanting Kevin O'Connell fired, I'd like to provide my take and a possible solution here. Wes Phillips, what would you say you do here, guy? Do it somewhere else and do, wow. and, and do okay. it sober. Uh, who to replace? He, so he's firing Wes Phillips. Chris is yeah. here. Yeah. And who to replace Wes Phillips? Here's a hot take. 
I think Frank Reich would be awesome. He won a Super Bowl on his last OC stint with Philadelphia. His indie run wasn't super awful, and the Carolina run shouldn't even count. He can provide that mentorship on play calling for KOC and allow KOC to shine and be a head coach, or he could just take over play calling, I guess. What do you think? Would you fire Wes Phillips for Frank Reich? Okay, the, the, here's here's something, and I, I've continued to see it, and it's an interesting discussion about KOC should give up play calling. He's not going to, ladies and gentlemen. It's why he was hired here. Um, Childress gave it up after a year because it was a disaster. Kevin O'Connell has not been a disaster. Now, we can argue about it has not always been great and that there could be more creativity, but that's not necessarily always play calling. That's personnel packages. That's things done in training camp. Um, Frank Wright, you know what? First of all, from the Zim years, I've had enough of the old OC. Here's how you do it, boys, coming in. And, and you know, Mike also had some really good ones. Shermer was great in 17. Stefanski was pretty damn good. But um, I don't think O'Connell's going to bring in an OC to call plays. So then the question is, he's going to bring in an OC if if he if the Vikings were to part ways with Wes, who knows his system and can help in game planning. So like Wes Phillips is a sounding board during games up in the press box or the coach's box, uh, but he also is big in the in the preparation process during the week. So if we're thinking about Wes Phillips being replaced, that's what O'Connell is going to want. He doesn't want or need, as far as the play calling in his mind goes, a mentor. Yep. Now, during games, that's different as far as the management of the actual game goes. Mike Pettin was brought in a year ago to help with that. But when we're talking about how the offense runs, it ain't changing. And he ain't going to give up play calling because that would be akin to him relinquishing a huge part of why he was hired. I also, and some of this could change maybe in the last three weeks, but I don't think the Vikings ownership in front office and Kevin O'Connell, I don't think they're looking at a, a seven and seven record leading the league in turnovers for most of the year as, as kind of a, they're going to look at that and say, we got to clean that up, but that's not, you don't fire coaches for like fumbles necessarily and backup quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks, half the season. I don't think the organization's looking at that while well, they're seven and seven saying we got to make some major changes. We got to swap out an offensive coordinator and, you know, fire this guy. I think they're looking at it right now as, okay, they've stayed in the hunt despite some crazy circumstances here. Let's see how the last three games play out. You know, if, if they quit or something and they get smoked three times, then it's probably a different conversation, but I don't, I don't know that they're getting close to like firing Wes Phillips is. If Wes, is it's, if Wes Phillips gets fired, I think it'll be I think it'll be solely based on the on the um, alleged drunken driving. Yep. It, it's not going to be for anything he did wrong um, as far as I, I think he's doing his job, which is to be a sounding board, which is to help out. But he is not in charge and he will not be asked to be in charge. Yep. So, all right. Great feedback Friday here. Some really some good questions. And uh, we'll we'll get to another batch next week. So I'm going to be taking some time off next week, but I'll and you guys are going to do some shows. We also have some historical pie charts that we're going to sprinkle in, some fun stuff that Judd and I have recorded over the past couple of weeks. And um, we will be live with you. So tomorrow are our purple picks. Then we're going to be live on Christmas Eve for Vikings Vent Line after that game's over. Hottest Vikings takes on Christmas, and then we're also going to be live again. You know, fast forward to New Year's Eve. For, we might even be counting down that clock by the time that Sunday night football game gets Buckle over. up right now, though. Buckle up. Fasten your seatbelt. This is about to get... 
fast and furious viking style it's what it's we're about to see amen purple daily daily vikings entertainment we just want the vikings to win a super bowl before we die